0: You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostler. Everything sports, all the time.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Sports Brothers Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's show. I'm Brian Dostler. With my older brother Sam Dossler, it is May twenty fourth, twenty fifteen. It's Sunday and it's four thirty three, Pas- or not Pacific time, Eastern time. <laughs> I was looking at PM on uh on the screen. Uh, but Sam, it's, it's been pretty a uh, a fun filled weekend for us. As earlier today, we went up to Northampton with our parents to go on a little uh, bike ride and went to locals, a, a pretty good hamburger restaurant, not my favorite. And then yesterday, we had the alumni. Uh, baseball game—the first ever alumni game for Plainville High School baseball players—and it was a good time.
0: It was got a lot. Got to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a little while, and uh, I found out I can still play a little bit.
1: Yeah, you, you can't. You can't hit against me, though.
0: You know that pitch was off the plate. Brian struck me out. Whatever. Bragging rights for, for 365 days,
1: and then I strike you out next year.
0: That won't happen. Next year, I'm training. All, I've, I've started training today. That was you the st- bike thing. I was in a great groove biking today. The critics, you were in a good group. critics were there were, were raving. No, there were no critics. I mean, people doubted whether I could hop on that bike and ride this no, year. That's and not true. Off right. I went. Not one person passed me today. It was a great day on the trail.
1: Wow, I actually passed you. That's false.
0: I let you said Sam, I'm passing you. Then I passed you ten seconds Just later because we were discussing something.
1: Okay. All right. Well, it is Memorial Day weekend, so big picnic tomorrow, big family picnic. Yep. And make sure that you realize why that we have the day off, uh, to to honor our people in the in the service,
0: our people, our fallen hero, our our heroes, not necessarily fallen, but them too, our our veterans. To honor our veterans, those who have served our country.
1: And uh, make sure you check
0: out... And those currently serving our country. Yes.
1: And make sure you check out Nico Diagoro's latest podcast. Very controversial, as uh, he's been pretty much banned from playing with High School, at least in, in some people's eyes. Uh, he had some controversial words at the National Honor Society, so if you haven't checked out that episode, uh, make sure you do that. Um, but for today's podcast, it's going to be NBA playoffs and the conference finals, the NBA lottery and how the top five panned out and how it did not go well for the New York Knicks. Uh, the NHL conference finals, MLB whip around. Sam's back on the radar. The French Open has started at Roland Garros in France. And then, of course, Stump the bros. Sam took a one nothing lead last night. Yeah, you. Yeah. But let's start with the conference finals and the Western conference finals. And, Sam, last night, game three in Houston – and with going into that game, the Rockets were down 2-0, or they were down 0-2, and after two close losses on the road, you would think that since they come back home, they have a better effort, but they had a game blown up by 35 points. Steph Curry goes for 40 points, and it really looked like this Rockets team was just was just disinterested throughout.
0: Yeah, it did, especially uh, by the time halftime rolled around. They they just looked like they were uh, completely out of it, and, uh, not that they were ever really in it, they trailed thirty to eighteen after after the uh, the first quarter, and it really looked like that Rockets team that lost those middle games of that series against the Clippers.
1: Yeah, they really did. They just did not look good. I mean, James Harden he struggled, only had seventeen points, was three of sixteen from the field, and Sam when. In game two, he scored 38 points and almost nearly hit a triple-double, and they still lost. You can't afford James Harden having nearly half those points and expecting to win and it shows on the scoreboard. If the Rockets get swept, which of course they're a game away from, uh, game four will be tomorrow night on ESPN 9 o'clock, will Kevin McHale be back on the hot seat? Do you think he could be on his way out of Houston?
0: You know, I don't know. I I, I thought for sure he was going to be on his way out of Houston if they had lost that series to Los Angeles, but he turned things around, and they went on and won the final three. Did I say to Houston? Yeah. Lost the final three yeah. games to Los Angeles, the Clippers. I, I thought he was going to be out, but then they flipped the script. They won those three games, and I think he saved himself his job. I, I, I don't think anyone really expected – Houston. You sure,
1: people didn't expect Houston. They're the two seed. I mean, they're, yeah, they're.
0: But I don't know. I didn't expect them to to beat Golden State in this series. Not to look like they looked, especially in Game Three. Is, but, but swept is well. A different you know, issue. We'll, we'll see what happens. They had their back up against the wall already, and and they came back. This is
1: the first time all season the Rockets have lost three straight games, and they're going to have to do it again to win four straight against. I mean, on paper and by far the best team in in the NBA this year, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Sam, I'm not giving them much of a shot. Uh, I, I just don't think that they can overcome. a th- No, great. no,
0: I don't think so. I think they. I, I thought it was going to be Houston in five from the start. I think they, they have it. They we could both, get. We
1: both said Houston. I think in they. Five, or, uh, Golden State. I in think five. they play
0: with some pride. They get game number four, but I, I think you see Golden State close it out in, in game number five back at home.
1: Is Dwight Howard really that hurt, or is he playing through some pain? I mean, he had that double double. Uh, back in, in game two. I, you never
0: know with Dwight Howard. That's he, he, he's a very confusing player.
1: Is it is this, I mean, that's the question. Is his injury more sought out, or is it actually, it's his back, right? It's his back that's.
0: Well, he he hurt his leg in, in the, he got rolled over uh, in kind of a weird play in game number one, and he's been dealing with that ever since. I don't know. It's hard to get a read on him when you sometimes when you think he's healthy, he looks like he's he's moving gingerly and uh I don't know how much of a difference that really makes in the series. Uh obviously Howard is, is the best big in the series, but just Golden State so many weapons and and Klay Thompson's struggling too and the, and are still uh uh one game away from sweeping sweeping their way through the the conference finals.
1: Your thoughts on Game two, when the Rockets they come back late in the fourth quarter, make a huge fourth quarter push, and all of a sudden, Sam, after a rebound, James Harden has the ball with about seven seconds left. He's in the open floor. His team's down by one. I mean, if you're Kevin McHale, you can't you can't drop a better play than that. I mean, you got Harden in space. No, you
0: can't. But I I think they had an op- they had that one timeout left, and I, he had an opportunity to call it when when Howard got that with a ball at the top above, on top on uh, just outside the three point arc with about two and a half seconds left. I would have blown it dead. I, I would have – if I was McHale, you probably would have got the timeout with still one and a half seconds left, and you would have had time to draw But how some... hard
1: is it to call a timeout? That, I mean, you don't know if he's going to pass it to Howard.
0: I, I know, but... but once you see it, you have to be ready for it because as soon as that ball went to Howard, you knew things weren't, weren't going to go that well for him.
1: I don't know. I, it's just – I understand people are saying now because of the result he never got a shot off. In case you didn't see, he never got a shot off because Clay Thompson and Steph Curry converged on him, uh, on James Harden. But to me, you see that you see that sometimes though, where where a shooter will give it off to another player and they'll get it back, and it'll let it it would allow Harden to set his feet, kind of corral himself and get a good shot off. But I mean, it didn't happen. To, to well, me-
0: but. The only reason Harden would have given up the ball in that situation is because he was blanketed. He literally had nowhere to go. Yeah, he didn't have any place to move.
1: I don't know. It just to me, if you're Kevin McHale, you're expecting Harden to to get to get a shot off and go all yeah, the way you, to the rim. Yeah, you are. I don't think you're necessarily.
0: Especially the where he got trapped, because you you, you would have thought if he was going to get bottled up, it would have been somewhere near half court. Uh, but he didn't get bottled up till he was on the left wing there.
1: And I mentioned Steph Curry with uh, 40 points, and he won the MVP this year. Are we trying to? Are we trying? Are we uh, starting to see a little, little transition in the NBA in terms of like our, our dominating players? Because you got Steph Curry, a shooter, a smaller guy. You know, you don't need to be LeBron James stature or Kevin Durant stature. You got to you have to be big and athletic and, and dunk over people. But Steph Curry, known for his three. Harden, the same thing. Known for his shooting. Are we trying to see a no, I mean, we, transition?
0: We, we've, it's, I, I don't think it's a transition. I think you're certainly seeing a transition in the style of big men that are prominent. If you, you just look at this Golden State team, or really any of the, the four teams that are left, the only team that has a true five is Houston and Dwight Howard. Other than that... The, the, the You could say Atlanta, Andrew Bogat. Well Andrew Bogat, but he's he's not their pri- he's not out, he's not part of their best rotation. He's not part of their best defensively lineup. He defensively is defensively is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they play a lot of the time with a smaller lineup.
1: If they need a defensive stop though, Andrew Bogut's in the game. Not all the time. A lot of the time this postseason, he has, especially with but the Murray Brian Bates.
0: How many minutes a game is Andrew Boga playing? He's not playing huge minutes. Hey, he got to. I'm all, just talking. He got to all overall third NBA team. Overall, is the game not transfer, transferring away from the, the, the traditional oh, big? You know, That's where I'm going is. with this. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's transferring away. I'm not saying that there's not still traditional bigs, but the only superstar traditional big left in the playoffs is Dwight Howard. But it, it's not becoming. Uh, you, you you've had guards who have dominated the game for years. Uh, I mean Isaiah Thomas back in the '90s. Uh, just just going back through time, John Havlicek, Clyde Drexel. Uh, it, it's happened before. I and mean, you had,
1: but then you had the other bigs. You had Shaquille O'Neal. You had guys. You did. You. I mean, you had uh, Patrick Ewing. You had those guys. Now it's. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is a big man, but he's he's a stretch four. He can shoot the three. Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Al-Judubar, those guys, they couldn't shoot a three. For, they can't shoot a free throw. No,
0: that's where the game's changing. I don't think it's necessarily changing uh, as far as the guards are concerned. The ball handling gets fancier. Uh, I mean, you look at, you know, like, what, John Havlicek, Bob. Those guys primarily, you know, if they did anything, it was a crossover dribble. That was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you've seen it change in that, retrospe- in that retrospect. Um, but as far as uh, the no, I, no.
1: All right, uh, tomorrow. I ran night, out of steam there. Yeah, you did. Uh, tomorrow night, game four, nine o'clock on ESPN. So make sure you check that game out and see if the Warriors clinch in four. Do you think they do? I think they do. Yeah, me too. I, I think they do. Um, now just on, after
0: how? F- just yeah. Just no fight. Yeah.
1: Now on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and this is Sam a series that really hasn't been all that close. I mean, at times, maybe in the early first half game, the. These Cavs-Hawks games have uh, been close, but Cleveland, they go to Atlanta, and in one game where there was no Kyrie Irving, LeBron James leads his team to a, a 2-0 lead and heading back home tonight for game three.
0: Yeah, and I I think this series is going to end in a sweep. I think even without uh, Kyrie Irving possibly not playing, and I don't know about you, but I don't think they should play Kyrie Irving until they lose two games in the series. Yeah,
1: we were talking about that earlier today, and that, would, that seemed to make sense. Uh, just because you don't want to run any more risk and at this point, you you, you got to expect that uh, you're going to get there. Especially
0: Kyle Korver out for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's uh, a big miss. Carroll is, is playing hurt with that bad knee that he hurt in game number one. So this is a, a depleted Atlanta Hawks team right now. And on the Cleveland side, you have the best player in the NBA, and LeBron James has been playing lights out so far in the series. We talked in the last show about how he hasn't been – spectacular. He's been good in the postseason, but he hasn't been that next level good. He's been that next level good here in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the other thing about Kyrie Irving, if they sweep, there's eight days before the finals start. So that's a week plus to rest up. Plus, he's already uh, had three or four days off. That's about two weeks off in the middle of the postseason, uh, which is huge.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, He
0: could come back and be... Maybe not the Kyrie Irving when he's a hundred percent healthy, but close to it.
1: And that, and let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, if if both these series go end up in sweeps, I mean, it allows teams, both teams, assuming the Warriors and the Cavaliers, to rest up and have essentially almost a week to rest guys, especially Kyrie Irving. But I mean, everyone at this point of the season has some kind of injury. I mean, Maurice Spates is out uh, with an injury right now for the Warriors, so. It 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 sucks for us fans to have to wait for. You the almost games. forget about it. Yeah, you have to wait for the games, but if you're the respective teams, it's like okay, you know, we got some time to
0: recruit. It's a, yeah, and it usually doesn't work out this way. You usually jump pretty much right into it, but the way they have it slotted, uh, TV has it slotted for June 4th, whether the games are done Tuesday, Tuesday, or whether they're done uh, sometime over the weekend or next There's, Sunday, or week from today. You know, it they're doesn't matter. they're they're starting that June. 4th, I mean. Steph Curry, big golfer, he could go on a little golf vacation, <laughs> take a couple days off, come back, and, and still have about a week to get ready for this thing.
1: You mentioned Kyle Corbin. I don't mind the break,
0: though. I don't either. It's one thing because I think it's different between – you. remember the there's been teams that have had breaks in baseball. The Colorado Rockies, what did they have, seven, eight, nine days, something, something like, like that. that, when they played the Red Sox in 07. And, in and baseball, you can lose your timing. Uh, you can lose the feel of playing in that big atmosphere. Basketball, I think, is a little different because you can do that. Five, you can play five on five. It, it uh, a scrimmage basketball game. I think is closer to, than a a scrimmage uh, baseball game, and yeah, in in, in that regard.
1: Uh, you mentioned Kyle Corver seeing out the wrestle of the ankle sprain. His three point field goal percentage: forty three percent the regular season, thirty eight percent in the first round. And then the last two rounds is 18 percent, but it's been the rebounding that's also been the storyline in this one. Is in both games they've out rebounded 47 to 39, and we all know that this Hawks team is is undersized. In the regular season they're ranked 28th in the NBA in rebounding. And Sam, when it comes down to second chance points and getting the glass, this this is where this Hawks team, if you're because the Hawks they were they live and die the three. We know that when you're not hitting those shots and you got rebounds to go or to get they're not getting enough
0: well and, and that that's the thing you talk about the three point their style of offense it's spread out it's not conducive to grabbing offensive rebounds and clashing the crashing the glass that's their style they like to play that spread out style uh it, it's just it's it's not a great matchup for Atlanta uh, both inside and out I mean, Especially with the way Mozgov is playing. That's Hor- another guy. We were, we were talking about traditional bigs. He's a traditional big guy.
1: Al Horford, he got there. Uh, I mean, Damari Carroll is, is like a, a three, a four, and he's banged up this series. Just a lot, not a lot of big guys that you can just No, Horford's
0: it. really, he, he's your guy. He's, he's the guy that you rely on for those rebounds. And he's not, he's, he's their number one. He's their best player probably. But he's, you know, he he's not on that next level. No. Of superstars, he's a really good NBA player. But he, I don't know if he's even a Paul Gasol. He's not a Paul Gasol. I don't think so. He doesn't. When pass Gasol like was him. in his prime.
1: Yeah. Or even now. Or
0: eh, now, maybe now, but
1: Gasol. I mean, Gasol did injuries. have an excellent year. Yeah, without. I mean, he was an All Star. Yeah. All right, now to the bottom fears. Oh, and by the way, game three is tonight uh 8:30 on tnt so check that out to see if lebron james can take that
0: Are tnt and- espn are they paying you for these plugs
1: no no unfortunately not <laughs> um, that'd be nice but anyways so we talked about the four teams that are remaining but let's talk about the five the five worst teams in the nba as what was it last tuesday i believe yep, tuesday, tuesday about a week ago where we had the nba lottery and uh sam goes as follows, one through five, Minnesota Timberwolves, Los Angeles Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers, New York Knicks, and the Orlando Magic. And let's start with the obvious ones, in the Knicks. Uh, they are projected to get the number two pick, which means they would have gotten Okafor or Carl Anthony Towns, but they end up getting the four pick and just another moment of uh, some bad luck in this franchise. Yeah,
0: I mean, it just gets stacked against them. And the funny thing is, is if the Lakers had gotten the fifth or the sixth pick, they would have been that pick would have gone to to Philadelphia. Instead, they don't. They move all the way up to that two spot, and now they're in a position to to do a lot of things with that with that pick and uh, Karl Anthony Towns, Joel Okafor. Who goes number one? They'll have their really their take on whoever comes c- drops two. And uh, it's real. It's a really top heavy draft. I think the Knicks will still be okay at that number four spot, but. Of course, you always want to be in the the ultimate number one spot.
1: Yeah, you do. And uh, we mentioned the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe Bryant says that next year will be his last. So, uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to be making a NBA Finals push. But at least for next season, the Lakers, if they can get a big man, so they can get Towns or Okafor, whoever the Timberwolves don't get. Because remember, I, I, I personally think Rajon Rondo is going to a big market, and I I think the Lakers would be a perfect fit for him in sense of that because it seems like he wants that kind of attention. Lakers Hollywood that brings that so not surprised and Byron me Scott there. a
0: good guard when he played yeah. so maybe that's something that uh, Doc Rivers was was too and that didn't really work out but and Rick Carlisle was a, a was a NBA champion as a player and a coach so who knows what he thinks as far as coaching goes but uh, I think that's somewhere that you could see Rondo land and uh, I'm interested to see where they go because they took a big last year and Julius Randle. I mean, at this point, but these two guys, Okafor and Towns, are different positions. Really, Randall's more of a four.
1: He's a he's a kind of a well, the thing. If if Towns goes to the Timberwolves, right? So that will leave Okafor, Randall, and Okafor are kind of both back to the basket offensive players. So Randall has that
0: face-up game, though. Towns towns can step out. They're they're all none of them.
1: That's what I'm saying. If Towns is off the board. I think right. the better, I think the better fit is Towns for the Lakers personally. Yes. Yeah. But if you do, if you are left with Okafor, do you take Okafor or a guard like Dangelo Russell?
0: Well, it depends what happens with Rondo. But Russell could play off the ball. Uh,
1: no, Although he, I I know that, but I'm just saying Okafor and and Randall well, I know, are but somewhat I'm, I'm, similar players.
0: I, I know. Eh. In, no. a, in a
1: way, in, in a way, in terms of back to the basket, I,
0: I would. T- if I was Minnesota, I'd take Okafor. I think he's the best player in this draft.
1: Defensively worries defensive uh, side of the ball worries me for Okafor. I, I think that's
0: something he can learn. Uh, gets quicker. I mean, his footwork is just phenomenal. His offensive ability is far and away uh, out of anything we've seen from a big man in a long, long time. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story on this podcast, but uh, working at the Hoopaw Classic for the last four or five years or whatever it's been. And I saw Okafor there a couple of years. And for those who don't know, the Hoopal is a, it's a high school invitational at Springfield College where you get the top guys in the country every year. And Jalil Okafor played there his junior and senior year uh, of high school. And during his junior year, I was sitting along the baseline, and he caught the ball on the low block, palmed it, faced up, did the spin move, and dunked. And, I mean, it was, if you've watched the UConn games, it was the same, pretty much the same move he pulled on Phil Nolan uh, or pretty much anyone when he spun baseline this year, just that quick move. And he could do that as a 16- or 17-year-old in high school. This kid's going to be a star in the NBA. I think he's the, he's the guy, if you, have a, if you have the opportunity to take him, he's the guy you have to take. If he falls to the Lakers at two, they have to take him.
1: All right, well, we're going to have much more NBA draft predictions when the time comes. The draft is in late June, so about a month away, we'll have our, uh, our predictions, our top ten predictions. You don't agree with me, whatnot. do I? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of still up in the air with that because Towns, I think, can do more offensively in, in terms no. of I, – No. I, I, I do. No. I think he has – I mean, his He can step is away,
0: but, but Okafor, you saw that jump shot develop as the season went on. He got better and better at that fifteen fifteen footer. But he he's able not that p-
1: big of a shot blocker. Towns is. Yeah, but he, I think I think Towns has a better defensive presence.
0: I take Okafor. I I'm love not, I, I love Joel Okafor's game. I love and one of my favorite things about Okafor was how and I'm not saying Carl Anthony's Towns didn't do this, but I noticed when Okafor was playing. How excited he got for others on his team when they had success. He got just as, as fired up when Justice Winslow did something as when he did something. I love that about Okafor. Okay.
1: For those of you that don't know, Sam was at the Final Four, so he had it wasn't just the TV uh, looking. He was just from here perspective from the crowd. Uh, so, anyways, no, um, I'm talking
0: from a TV point of view, though.
1: I thought, oh, all right.
0: You know, it's one of those things.
1: You 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 look for it more when you're at the games, though. No. No? I do. It's
0: something that you see. I do, personally. It's something that I noticed on replays when they showed stuff during the regular season. You know, he'd be in the foreground when Winslow did something, all fired up, something like that.
1: All right, well, let's head over to some hockey. It's Hockey Talk, NHL Conference Finals. Quick Hockey Talk. Quick Hockey Talks, yeah. Sorry, David Gray. Both series are at 2-2 right now last night. The Blackhawks, they even up their series after a Duncan Keith goal in double overtime, and that's the second game in that series where it's gone to at least double overtime as in game three. It was the uh, Anaheim Ducks that won it in triple overtime. Critical game five tonight in New York between the Rangers and the Lightning. And Sam, if you're a Rangers fan, as you are one, a bandwagon (laughs) fan, uh, it's good to see
0: a uh, bad bandwagon fan. Yeah, a bad
1: bandwagon fan like that. He what did you picked uh, playing basketball over Whatever, whatever, one, whatever, whatever. So if but if you're a Rangers fan, it's good to see Henrik Lundqvist have a nice bounce back game for five one victory after allowing two straight games where he allowed six goals.
0: Yeah, it was huge because he had been playing so well throughout this postseason. Uh just just very important for him to get back on the right track and uh I think this is a must win for the Rangers on their home ice tonight. Game number five, very tough to go down to Tampa Bay and win. So the Ranger fans, they got to be looking for uh, another performance. And it's been surprising; the offense for both teams have really been uh, going at it. Tampa scored six goals in game two, then they scored six goals in game three. The Rangers five goals in each of the last two games. So for two teams that had been playing, especially the Rangers, they've been playing low-scoring games throughout the majority of the playoffs all of a sudden the goals to take such a spike is is interesting. And then last night, another marathon game in that Chicago-Anaheim series. Uh, Duncan Keith winning it in double overtime, so that one at 2-2. And right now, the hockey just much more entertaining than the basketball because we've talked about it. These games haven't been close, and uh, I know you haven't been watching much hockey, but I love hockey this time of year. And uh, I think the hockey national anthems, best national anthems out there.
1: You say that just because the crowds are more into it. I mean, it obviously well, yeah. the songs are the same, but it's the people. And I love sing. the,
0: you know, yeah. And I think that's great. The Chicago crowd—they keep cheering all the time. At a few of the Canadian uh, arenas, the guy singing it just stops, and the crowd takes over for a while. It's just a great atmosphere.
1: Who do you want to see in this year's Stanley Cup Finals?
0: Well, you got to go with, uh, as a hockey purist, <laughs> no. Um, well, I've been rooting for the Rangers and then uh just because it's the sexier of the two series. You- you'd love to see Rangers, New York and Chicago. Uh two of the origin two of the blue blood teams in the NHL. Uh two excellent fan bases. Not that the other two aren't, but uh Anaheim and Tampa doesn't have the same ring as uh New York and Chicago. It doesn't.
1: Really in any sport. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, maybe Jets and Chicago Bears wouldn't scream for a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I bet it would.
1: That's true if the Jets were to make the Super Bowl. My God. <sighs> Alright, well it's time <laughs> to head to the Diamond MLB whip around. Sam, this week is gonna we're gonna talk about some hot and cold teams. Uh we have three of each. Uh let's start with the hot teams. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are six and four. Of course, all these records I'm talking about, they're going into Sunday's games. They are six and four in their last ten games, twenty-four and twenty, a game and a half lead in the AL East, and they're in first place in the American League East for the first time since twenty twelve. And everyone, I mean, it's still kind of early in the season, so you know, obviously the Rays could still falter, but in an off season where they lost Joe Mann to the Cubs, they trade away Matt Joyce, Ben Zobers, you know Escobar, Will Myers, Sean Rodriguez, all those guys are gone. They essentially clean house. Evan Longori, who just signed that multi-year, million-dollar deal, uh, is, is kind of looking around saying, where'd everyone go? Uh, and then to start the year in 2015, Alex Cobb, to- Tommy John surgery. Uh, his season is over. Matt Moore, he's recovering from Tommy John surgery. Drew Smiley, he's on the 60-day DL, left sh- shoulder s- soreness. And Desmond Jennings, left knee bursitis, 15-day DL. But somehow, some way, Sam, Kevin Cash... The new manager for the Cleveland Indians, after being two years from the bullpen coach, has found a way to get this team in, in first place. You
0: know what it is? It's that fan base. They're,
1: they're, yeah, that's what it is.
0: Their fan base is inspiring them. The fifteen thousand that show up—it's crazy. Tampa Bay Lightning—they get great crowds for all their hockey games. It, it must be something to do with the arena location. I've heard it it's tough to, to get. Location. I've heard it's tough to get to the trop. I think par- um,
1: I've heard parking is really bad. times. Yeah. it's coming off a bridge. Yeah, I've, heard, so it's, it's, you know, I've never
0: been to the Trop, but from what I've heard, it, it's also easier to get to the hockey arena. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you can say. They're doing it with a patchwork lineup. Uh, they're somehow, some way, finding a way to win. They've pieced together a bullpen again. Brad Boxberger is having a great start as their closer. Yeah, you know. He, Every year you, you look at the Rays and say there's no way that they can be there at the end, but they usually are.
1: If uh, this could be a segment here, name the – I know you know the answers you're looking at, but name the batting average leader for the Tampa Bay Rays, David DeJesus. I mean, that's a guy that we played with MVP in yeah, and, 2005. And
0: he's a guy who, man – He's had a really good major league career and he he's always been on a lot of bad teams, so i especially he was with Kansas City during their bad years, and he put up some good numbers, so I always like to see when when guys like him end up on teams that are winning. Uh, I don't know if Tampa Bay's going to sustain this uh but it's it's I always like to see when guys like him end up in a winning situation. He's been around for a long time now
1: really long time. Do you think the culture uh, that Joe Madden had in Tampa Bay, because we all we all Joe Madden, he likes to joke around. I mean, he allows his players to kind of they have a theme when they go to not for road, every road trip, not for every road trip, but every so often they'll they'll dress up in something. Like one trip, they'll dress up as farmers, and the next one they'll dress up in I don't know baby costumes, some, some, whatever it is, something random and funny. Do you think that kind of culture has has stayed within the some of the guys like Evan Longoria? Desmond Jennings this year that's helped this team win?
0: I think so. And I think Kevin Cash is, uh, he's so close to his playing days, too, that he can, he really can relate to the players, which is huge. I think that's an important thing. And just just because Joe Madden has moved on, it does, you said it, that the culture doesn't completely change. You still have, even though they've moved a (laughs) little, sorry, someone wiped out on TV. Uh, But, just because a good number of players have moved on, there's still enough players that have been there at one and, and have been part of the Tampa Bay Rays culture uh, over the last number of years.
1: And by the way, you're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast with Brian and Sam Dossler. You can listen to our podcast off our website, thesportsbrothersblog.wordpress.com, and off com. And please, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes and please please let us know how we're doing. If you like some certain things, let us know. If you don't like them, uh, tell that too. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at B underscore Dostaler5. So that's B underscore D-O-S-T-A-L-E-R-5. And Sam, your Twitter handle?
0: Uh, man, you know, I never remember. Uh, Sam dosty underscore 5, the S and the D are capitalized. I don't know if that matters when you look it up. So, but that's how you follow me.
1: And both of us, we, we oh, don't... look
0: at that. All the followers are already trickling in.
1: Oh, look at that. Too bad this is recording out live, so good joke. Um,
0: <laughs> Do the people know that when they're listening?
1: They should if it's a podcast. Anyway, so our second team that is hot that. In, in Major League Baseball, the Washington Nationals, they're 7-3 and in their last 10 games, uh, 25-18, and a game and a half, leading the NL East. And Sam, on May 1st, this team was 10-14, and 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 it seemed like they were on the way to be a disappointing team. I mean, it was still early, but it was not a good month of April for this squad. But since May 1st, they have turned things around, and so far they're 15-5, and five. and I mentioned uh, they go from fourth place and six games back to first place in, in the NL East.
0: Well, part of it the Mets haven't played as well. Um, I guess that was kind of to be expected, that they'd fall off a little bit, especially with their offense. Uh, and then you you look at Washington, and – they had to start playing better at some point, especially with their pitching staff. Uh, Max Scherzer coming aboard, uh, Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, Steven Strasburg's been terrible, but still in part of that rotation. And they got the, the batters, the hitters. And then when you got a guy like Bryce Harper, the way he's been hitting, he, he when someone's hitting like that, it, they just have the ability to carry the team for a stretch of time, and uh, that's a big part of what he's been doing. He's been carrying this team. For the most part, and it's gotten them back into the position where they should be.
1: The San Francisco Giants don't leave count, don't count out those Giants. I mean, they were they started I, really
0: bad. You should have counted them out. It's an it's an it's an odd year. I mean, you still could count them out. I mean, it's still may they could drop again. And it's crazy. Casey McGee let go today. He was the guy they brought in to take Pablo Sandoval's spot. Yep, that obviously didn't work. <laughs> Aging pitchers, PV uh, Hudson. Or still got Bumgarner, but winning games.
1: Part of the reason why they're on their 8 and two in their last ten games—is because Hunter Pence. He's back from the DL. Yeah,
0: that—he's the life of that team.
1: Yeah, uh, br- had a broken arm, played his first uh, eight games of the regular season. When he came back last Saturday, seeing three twenty-three, one home run, seven RBIs, seven to one of those eight games that he's there. And also with him being there, uh, Brandon Belt—he's hit four sixty-seven in those. Uh, seven games or beforehand he's in 276 so it's it's amazing how one player can really ignite an offense
0: well he he brings that energy he's a guy and the thing about hunter pence is he's a guy who he doesn't take days off he's routinely played the entire season he's a wide-eyed right fielder that plays every day yeah and uh he he does change that team just energy wise and then uh, adding the protection and, and Belt, maybe he's. We've talked about Bryce Harper coming into his own. Brandon Belt was another guy who they expected big time things out of Brandon Belt. And he's been an average major league player for the beginning portions of his career, but maybe he's starting to take that turn to superstar which you, they need with Pablo Sandoval yeah, gone.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Casey McGee, Sammy's designated for first time earlier today. He just hit 191 this season. But, you know, they they slot in Matt Duffy. Who is a twenty four year old, uh, is playing thirty two games this year, two ninety nine, two home runs, nineteen RBIs. You probably haven't heard of this guy, but maybe you will. Again, only twenty four years old. Last year, uh, he hit 3 let's see, he hit three thirty two, three home runs, sixty two RBIs, and twenty stolen bases in double A Richmond. So Matt Duffy could be the replacement, not only short term, but long term as well for the San Francisco Giants. So look out for him. And Hunter Pence,
0: these games he missed this year, they were the first games he had missed. Since uh, the the 2012 season, when he was hurt that year, only played 59 games. He played every single game the last two seasons, 2013 and 2014.
1: It's pretty impressive. Uh, now let's go to the teams that are not so hot. They're playing bad baseball. Uh, the New York Yankees, one in nine, the last ten games. Uh, they are only a game and a half out of first place in the AL East.
0: <laughs> it speaks to how bad that division is right now. Because remember, we were talking about it yesterday, and we were looking at. Uh, <sighs> What was it? We were looking at another team who was 19-23. and 23. That wasn't me. I wasn't it wasn't you? Then it was with Dad. We were looking at the AL Central, and the team at the – it was the, the Indians, 19-23. and 23. They were nine games out of first place versus the Red Sox, who when they were 19-23 and 23 a couple of days ago, they were just like four and a half games out. Yeah, big difference. Yeah.
1: Big difference. Uh, Sam, what did the Yankees do with CeCe Sabathia? I mean, this guy has just turned from a power pitcher into – a
0: hittable pitcher,
1: hittable pitcher. Really, I mean, yes. <laughs> you,
0: you can't say finesse because he hasn't been fooling anyone no. with his finesse.
1: No. Uh, yesterday versus the Rangers, two and a third inning, 7 hits, six earned, one walk, six strikeouts. As he falls to so two and six on the season, his ERA inflates up to five point four seven. Uh, and you just look at his contract: over twenty million dollars next three years. He's not going to be free agent until twenty seventeen. Uh, what do they do with this guy? I mean, it's hard to trade him with his with his. With the amount of money, money that he's... Yeah, he
0: still owed a boatload of money, and um you, you have to try to do something, I think, because he doesn't have it anymore, quite frankly. He really doesn't. He's thrown a lot of innings in his career. Uh, you, you just look at it, and for a stretch there, he was routinely averaging well over uh, 200 innings per season, and... Ever since 2013, it, he just hasn't been the same guy. And you start started to see it a little bit in 2012 when his ERA jumped up to 3.38. Uh, but he'd been in that ballpark before. And then just a dive starting with the 2013 season, and the ERA has gone up uh, every year since 2011. I, I, I think he's done. I, I, I think he's run out of gas. That's the only way to say it.
1: Thirty-four years old. I mean, and again, this isn't just a small sample size. This is fairly large, as big as he is, Uh, and it's just not working out. And if you're the Yankees, I mean, you got Alex Rodriguez, who he's in all right, but he's not hitting for his contract by any means. And you got Zabathia, again, owed over sixty million dollars. I mean, you got all these guys that are owed over. Multi million dollar, you know. Dollar hey, well, you contracts know that's and... the thing,
0: though. They wanted to win now when they signed these guys, so they threw a lot of years and a boatload of money at them. They won with these guys as One. their main guys. They won that 2009 World Series, but pretty soon after that, they took a dip. All of them. Uh, CC had a few more good years, but A Rod really hasn't been anything spectacular. Same thing with Tashira.
1: Always injured, and out of the lineup. I mean, you. You couldn't really rely on him, I and mean, even now, he's still an injury liability. Jacoby Ellsbury just recently went on the disabled list. He is another guy that he, one hundred seventy million dollars to him a couple off seasons ago. Just what the Yankees do, and and right now it's hurting them.
0: Yeah, it is, and uh, you have the other side of the spectrum, except for the Gene Carlos Stanton sign, the Miami Marlins, and their new manager Dan Jennings. They did win though today, okay, two so, in a row. So break them up, okay, yep. Two. Here they come.
1: Two and five in his first seven games. Uh, but the Marlins right now, so they're seven so they're eighteen and twenty seven, last place, eight and a half games back in the NL East. Uh I mean, is Sam is Will, is Jennings the right answer long term?
0: I don't know. I mean I mean we know that It's he, too soon to tell. Stanton said, you know, let's give it some time, but he hasn't he managed high school baseball.
1: Yeah. It's a big difference between high school ba- – I mean, look. We, and yeah.
0: there are great coaches in high school baseball. We've played for good coaches in high school baseball. Yes. Um, that's a big reason why we had such a successful alumni day yesterday at Plainville High School because we had good coaches. But I've never talked to our coaches about this, but I would assume just managing the high school game is completely it's, – it's not even in the same realm as managing a major league baseball game.
1: It's not even in the same realm as, as managing a minor league game.
0: No, it's (laughs) uh, it's a really interesting choice. And I know a lot of people in baseball are are not happy about it uh, because there's been these there's these guys that have they've busted their hump for years to get themselves in a position to get this opportunity. And now a guy like Dan Jennings, who's never uh, been in a major league dugout, a minor league dugout of any sort, he gets the job. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating to guys who have done the minor league coaching, the minor league managing, the major league baseball coaching to not get that opportunity.
1: And he pretty much kind of essentially self-appointed him too. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, how how does that come up? Like, uh, you know, like yeah. yeah, we're gonna fire Mike, Red- Mike Redman, and then Giants is like, eh, I'll do it. I'll I'll manage the team. I got it. It's not like it's a it's pick like up it's a game. video game. Yeah,
0: you know, he's like, oh yeah. I don't know. It, I the way that we talked about it on the last show, Brian. But the way that they handle managers down in Miami very strange. We touched upon the Joe Girardi situation, and it just doesn't make sense to me the way that they do things.
1: The Toronto Blue Jays. This is our last team from our MLB whip around. The cold team, two and eight in the last ten games. They're 19 and 26, five and a half games back in the AL East. That's uh, last place. Uh crazy but true folks, the Blue Jays they have scored the most runs in Major League Baseball, 228. And if you and if you hear most runs, you would think, hey, they should be pretty good, but their pitching has been that bad as uh their as their team ERA is 4.57, good for 28th in Major League Baseball. And Sam, when Aaron Sanchez, who has a 4.17 ERA, has your lowest ERA on the team, that's an issue. That's not good. That's, that's not, all there's yeah. to
0: say about that. That that's not good and- uh, they've been that team that's been that sleeper team for years now. I've, it's been the you see a lot of people pick them. Oh, this is going to be the year for Toronto. Still waiting for it to be that year. They have
1: the offense. I mean, it's proven. They, they do. They just they get, they have Josh Donaldson now. They have Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Batista. and Batista had, struggled too this year, only two fifteen.
0: And they've had some pitchers who they thought were going to be guys that they well they made that deal for Josh Johnson. Uh, when he was coming off his injury, he didn't pan out to anything. Ricky Romero, he the lefty, he was supposed to be good for them. Brandon Morrow, uh, but none of these guys have, have panned out.
1: All right, now it's time for Sam's segment.
0: They've been off the grid for a while, but now it's time for Sam's back on the radar. Well, this guy, he he's, he hasn't been off the radar, like disappeared, forgotten about, but it's more of a welcome back to officially being on the radar. Corey Kluber uh, won the Cy Young last year in the American League, had a just a fantastic season. This year he started off, well, just awful, uh, ERA up above 4, uh, 0-3, uh, he lost five straight, he had five straight losses, I believe, to start the year. And since the month of May's come, uh, or at least his last three starts in May, he is he's making up for lost time. Uh, three starts has allowed just two runs, one walk, thirty-seven strikeouts, and twenty-five innings. Now two and five on the year. year. His ERA has gone all the way down to three point four nine, and uh, just a just a nice big welcome back to Corey Kluber. Good to uh, good to have you back. A lot of Terry pe- Francona's thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah. too.
1: Yeah, he's like finally Corey. I mean, hello, you're the Cy Young winner. <laughs> Wake so, up. Yeah. Uh, and and you mentioned the Indians have struggled this year, and, and it's big in part because they're pitching. And when Kluber, their ace, is not pitching well, you mentioned Owen's six start. Uh, these couple wins now really more than just statements. I mean, it's kind of not what we expect, but we, we know he can be that dominating, and uh, we'll see if he can continue that success.
0: What? Dad's going to be talking to us. Oh. Are you asking about the cake? Well, he, we had some trouble. We can do it in like five minutes. It's going to be kind of rushed, though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, So, yeah, it's uh, Mom's birthday. That's why we're having cake. So Tomorrow's her birthday. Tomorrow. But happy birthday to Mom.
1: Yep, happy birthday. And you probably just heard the door
0: slam. That's fine. fine. All right, so right on to Stump the Bro. Yep. All right, let's do it. It's time... The stump, the bro. Which player won an MLB batting title in a year they didn't hit a single home run? Ichiro Suzuki. I said that weird. Ty Cobb. Rod Crew or Pete Rose? Didn't hit a
1: single home run. Ichiro, Rod Crew, Pete Rose, and who was the second one?
0: Ichiro, Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb Rod Carew right. and Pete Rose
1: I'm gonna go Ty Cobb
0: rod Carew,
1: rod Carew, huh,
0: yep uh, yes, he did not in uh you know who taught me that one who Steve Michaud. really, yep, yep,
1: shout out to Mr. Mashad,
0: yeah our uh, high school accounting teacher. this was in the nineteen seventy two season at three eighteen with no home runs at ninety two career home runs, uh hit six the next year. When he also wow. won the title.
1: Do you he take steroids that year? <laughs> I don't know, but he uh
0: Rod Cruz he it was the year he didn't hit a home run was uh what, the start of uh four straight batting titles and uh six of seven batting titles for the Minnesota Twins.
1: All right, for my uh something broke question in nineteen seventy four Red Sox pitcher Louis Tiant recorded 25 career shutouts. How many complete games did complete game leader Clayton Kershaw have in 2014? Your choices are five, six, seven, or eight.
0: You're saying Louis threw 25 complete games. Yes. I'm going to go with seven for Clayton Kershaw.
1: Wrong. Six. Six. I was going to say six. And and it was Louis Tiant day last week. Uh, one of the one of the games at, at Fenway, and uh, Jerry Remy. He brought up a point when it's saying twenty five shutouts. Think about twenty five shutouts
0: or complete games. Tw-
1: twenty five twenty five uh, shutouts.
0: He's had twenty five shutouts. Yes, in that year or
1: twenty five com- complete games. Complete games. Complete games. That's my mind. Twenty five complete games. You don't see that at all. No,
0: like ever. It no, that's like not even play workhorses now, like a Roy Holiday or a Clayton Kershaw. They might not even do that for their career. Yeah. Now it's like, wow, seven and two-thirds. Look at this guy go. Wow, he went seven again? Wow. Like, man. But the style of game has also changed with the way the bullpens are set up. All right, well, thank you for listening
1: to today's podcast. You can look for another one next week or so. Uh, We don't have a – specific date for the next one, but we'll let you know or just put the podcast up. Uh, make sure you listen to the latest podcast on NicoDirigo.com, Uh
0: Also on SportsBrothers.com.
1: Yes, SportsBrothersBlog.wordpress.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and make sure you check out an article. Once the NBA Finals series is set, I will preview uh, the NBA Finals. Uh, mic drop. Okay, that was good, mic drop. All right, we're going to have some cake. Maybe you'll have some too. Have a good one, folks.